look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm great, Faisal. You? We're good. We're we're now here. Yeah, it's the home stretch. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it'd be a busy weekend. I know you you voted early. Yeah, uh, I haven't had a chance to do that, so I'll be voting uh, on Monday. Uh, we encourage everybody to vote. Absolutely. Right. We're going to talk to uh, Your say matters. Yeah, we're going to talk to Greg McLean today. We tried to get the uh, the NDP party on. They've declined to join us. So Greg McLean's from the Conservative, Conservative party. party. Um, just so those of you know, we've held last week and this week we were trying to get every key or major political party to come on our show, talk about their positions for yep. Canada, for Alberta, and for the demographic of the age fifty and over for those people who are transitioning to and living in retirement. We spoke to the Green Party and the Liberal Party last week. We wanted to get the Conservatives and the NDPs. For some reason, we did not get the NDPs on board. Um, I have a side joke about that. <laughs> NDP stands for not discussing politics with Dave and Faisal. That's just my joke. I'm not taking a knock at them. But it would have been nice to hear their, their platform. Well, uh, we, gave it, we wanted everybody to have an opportunity to speak and educate, right? I mean, at the end of the day, what we want is people to vote. Correct. Right? You, you, you vote according to whatever you think is right, but we need to be educated, informed, and that's what this show is about. It's exactly. about education and information, right? So we do have the conservative on the show. He'll come on after the break, uh, but I wanted to chat with you mm-hmm. in regards to we, we saw some stuff happening in the markets uh, this week. Um, a lot of information. Earnings are out now. Yep. People are having conversations with me and, mm-hmm. and some with you about income, duration, or, or longevity of their income. Uh, we call it a drawdown rate. People well, taking money out of their savings and seeing the value of their their savings go down as they take it out. Yeah, so you know, those types of things are happening. They're, yeah. they're kind of concerned about this. Yep. This is this is a scary point in someone's life. Well, we had two different examples. So that there was a common theme here, and and that was a lot of geek speak for you know people have have a lifestyle they want to support and they need to spend money to do that. Correct. Right. And um, it, the situation that you had was uh, talking to a couple who had actually been caught up in the downturn, really, in the economy. And um, during peak earning years, these people are young, mid early 50s. Early 50s. Right. Yeah. Uh, got pushed out of a job. And there's there's a whole bunch of complexity around that. But, you know, they have to face the reality that they might actually be retired right now and with the savings they've got. Well, in. they have been for three years. Right. And they've been living off their savings. And knock on wood, the markets mm-hmm. have been there for them. And it was late last year when the markets fell that spurred this, oh, no, what if this doesn't go up forever? Right. We've got a problem. We right. have to figure out a solution to this. And that's when they called us up and said, can we sit down and kind of have a discussion with right. you? They're in their early 50s. They're drawing down. And let's, these are multimillionaires. This is not like we're talking about someone who's got $50,000 saved in their life savings and they need $50,000 a year. That's not the situation here. Right. These are multimillionaires who are drawing $60,000, $70,000, right? So they've got their home, they got about $1.5 million in savings, and they're drawing $60,000, $70,000 a year from those savings to live off of. Yeah. And their concern is they're going to run out of money because they're so young. Because they're young. I had a, a, a sort of along the same thread, but a, a different scenario. These fast forward people in the 70s. Yeah. Okay? Um, and so they have been retired for a number of years. They, they're living very well. Uh, but they're starting to see their savings go down. They're hmm. spending it. Yeah. And for one of the two uh, in the in the relationship, the couple in this case, um, the wife, 
she was very concerned. She had a number in her head, right, that if she drops below this number... It's, the, the value of their savings. The value of the savings. Again. Yeah. She's getting very con- getting concerned. And, of course, we're moving towards that. And so it's, it, it's two sides of the same coin in this yeah. particular case. The common theme here is, is, what's this money for? We save all of our life. And let's face it, we've been trained since we were – you first go to work. You start saving. I've got to put money in my RSP or my TFSA. I've got to put money away. Right? Yep. Save, 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 save. save. Yep. Grow. Right? We talk about this in the seminar all the time. Every single person listening to this show that was 40 years old had exactly the same goal, just get more. Yep. Right? And now we get to this weird point in time where we're starting to spend. And it's usually in their 70s right. that they realize that the amount of money they're taking out and the amount of is actually drawing down on their savings. Right. So they're not the growth of their portfolio is not growing as fast. As the withdrawal. So they're starting to see their principal value right. go down. Right. This is a very challenging point in time. And I want to... I wanna, it's scary, Dave. It, well, it is scary. Bo- both parties were scared for different reasons. I mean, longevity when you're 53 is a real challenge, right? When we're doing a financial planning exercise for a 50-year-old with a 45-year investment horizon yep. or lifestyle horizon, yep. that's obviously a different set of problems than a 70-year-old with a 20 or 25-year horizon, yep. right? So Andrew and his team face some different challenges. But the fear is the same. Correct. Right? How people experience it are the same. Yep. Um, and, and it's irrespective. You said this earlier, but I want to I reiterate. It's irrespective of the amount of money you have. I can point to people that have literally 10 million plus that still have the same concern. Same fear. There's a drawdown. So the relationship between what your lifestyle cost is and your savings and all of those things are important. The actual dollar number, not necessarily that critical, yeah. right? Because you could be experiencing the same thing with $10 million as you are with $1 million. Correct. And I find that some people, when they when they start to see the value of their savings go down as they spend it, right. and they realize they can't recuperate. And let me give you an example. Let's say you got $2 million, yeah. and you're taking out $100,000 a year from your $2 million. Right. But the portfolio has grown, let's call it 5%. Right. You're even. Well, maybe. Right? You Mathematically, we can get into that right? argument. But, but if you yeah. end up taking out and you don't get that 5% return every single year, which is rare. And every single month of the year, if you're correct. withdrawing if you're monthly. monthly yeah. Now you start seeing a drawdown right. on your principal. And right. so then the question starts to come out, will I run out of money? Do I have to change my lifestyle? Right. What spending do we have to cut? Let's go through all of our Starbucks receipts and see, can we cut our Starbucks thing? <laughs> the, the stress level that yeah. people go through. Yes. And then they start to look at, well, what if we just put all our money in, in the stock market because the stock market did so well this year? Or what if we do something different? They start looking for a solution to match their lifestyle versus looking for a strategy to match their lifestyle. Exactly. And I'm going to say that your strategy can also change. Absolutely. Right? I think people sometimes forget that, that their life will change as they move through this period we call retirement. Yep. Right? And what they're focused on and what's important today might be different than five years from now. And then you change the strategy according to that. Right? So I think it's really important that people, first of all, the, the common theme here is, let me ask you a question. Um, we talk about pensionizing your portfolio. Yes. Okay? So if these assets that you've saved or a portion of them are designed to support your lifestyle in perpetuity till the day you're both gone, okay? if you were in a true pension, yep. what would the value of that pension be when both are gone? Zero. Zero. Zero to you. 
Yeah, that's right. You would draw. You have it no down more income coming because again, a pension is designed or thought of as an income stream, not an asset. Right. A savings of in or investment portfolio, your RSPs, whatever, those are considered assets. Right. But an asset turns into income when you're retired. And then the complexity of multiple goals creeps in. Correct. Right. So. Is it okay to draw all of your assets down to zero on D-Day? So if you knew what day that you were both going to be gone, could you construct a plan to draw it right down to zero on that day? And if you could do that, would it be okay? Ask yourself that question. Yeah. And if the answer is no, I don't think so, why? And often it comes because I want to leave something behind for the kids or a charity or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, now you've got a legacy bucket. Correct. Not just an income Which goal. Which is a different a goal bucket. than your income. Exactly. When I hear people are putting all their money in one bucket. Yeah. And they're crossing their fingers, and they're hoping all my goals for the future are going to be covered with that. Well, now, now you're 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 becoming very religious. Well, it will be you're stre- believing in something that may not be there. It'll just be stressful because you can't maximize um, each of those goals with yeah. the same strategy. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we harp on this a lot, Faisal, and I think from an educational <laughs> perspective, um, uh, we're going to use this platform to k- keep asking these questions. Ask yourself these questions, right? It's not for us to determine what people want to do or how they want to do it. It's up to people like you and me to ask the questions, to get people, individuals and couples mm-hmm. to think about these things. And then to build a framework. Exactly. And that framework we're going to show you on Tuesday, October 22nd, 7 p.m. At the Carriage House Inn, you need to reserve your seats. So give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. One of the topics we're going to talk about yep. is the impact of this election yep. on your retirement. You and I'm glad that we've been this last week and today we've been speaking to political parties. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to the conservative party, get their view, because there's different platforms. And I really want to ask the question, how are you going to bring more jobs to Alberta? Right. Like we have, the, we have yet to hear, at least I haven't, yet to hear a, one of the leaders come out and say, if we do one, two, three things, we're going to be able to get jobs into Alberta right away, right. next five years. There's no confidence. Well, and from- how do you restore confidence in, in Canadian companies to invest and then international companies to bring money back Certainly to Alberta, right? Know that they've got a framework that's consistent that they can invest in for a long term. Yeah, we need you need some don't, confidence. That's you right. You need some confidence. That's right. Okay, uh, well said. Thank you. Um, we're going to have to take a quick break here, but I want to encourage you to join us after the break because we are going to be talking to Greg McLean. He's a Conservative Party candidate for Calgary. We want to find out what the Conservatives plan should you choose to uh, vote for them and that they get elected. Stick around after the break here on 770 CHQR and more than money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Boy, we're talking about more than money this the past couple of weeks because we've got this little event coming up uh, Small on event. Tuesday, yeah. Monday, when we're voting. Um, and we've got to choose uh, we've got to choose which party's going to take us for the next uh, the next ride. That's right. And last week we uh, we had who did we have on? We had the Green Party. We had the Green Party we and had the Liberal Party on. Unfortunately, the NDPs uh, are not on today's show. So uh um, but we are happy to have uh, Greg McLean, Conservative Party candidate for Calgary Centre, on the show because uh, we wanted to hear from every single party, their platform. Yep. We wanted to see how their views impact um, the, the crowd, 50-plus, basically people transitioning to retirement or living in retirement uh, and get a better understanding of what their platform is. Yeah, Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking some time. Well, thank you. I know it's a busy uh, it's a busy time for you uh, with a couple of days to go here, so we do appreciate you taking the time for us, and, and we we'll want to get sort of right into it. We're interested in in the conservatives' platform, and and specifically, if you can talk to 
sort of old, the, the transition, the people that are the baby boomers, right? People transitioning to or moving into retirement, they've got all kinds of concerns about what's happening in the economy and interest rates and all of those different things. But maybe you can uh, give us a bit of a summary as to uh, the Conservative Party's platform with respect to that demographic. Yeah, they, we're talking about the demographic that's still earning an income here at this point, are we? Yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. Yeah. So the big thing where we put on the table here and, you know, was uh, the universal tax cut that happened uh, early in the campaign to to drop the the uh, the base level of tax down for 15 percent to 13.75. And that, of course, means you do the math about four hundred forty dollars per an individual, eight fifty for a couple across the board, more money they'll keep in their jeans at the end of the day. Uh, but that's that's only part of the equation because you know there's both income and there's outgo, uh, and the problem over the last four years has been uh, an increased outgo without a, a, a requisite income increase uh, across the country. So 80% of Canadians are paying more in tax now, uh, middle middle uh, middle class Canadians that is, and yet there is uh, a whole bunch of extra costs, primarily tax costs. You take a look at what's going on here. Um, you know the the cost of uh, food, for instance, in Canada increased by 4% in the last year, whereas it increased by 1% in the United States. And what causes that is, uh, you know, things like the, the the carbon tax. And the carbon tax is an added burden on the distribution of food across Canada. So there's all kinds of extra costs being built into what we do here. And those costs are, are a function of government. I don't know about you guys, but I I imagine your listeners that are 50 plus all have real estate in town here and they've all watched their real estate take a hit. And at the same time, our municipal taxes go up. And I know you might not think that that's part of the federal government's problem, but in fact it is. The federal government's uh, treatment of Alberta and Alberta's industries has caused a, you know, a sucking out of the occupancy of the buildings downtown. And the, the city has had to obviously replace that revenue they used to get from a downtown office tax base and spill it out across the rest of the city, including in business taxes in other parts of the city. Some businessmen have, uh, have had a, uh, a triple of their, their actual municipal taxes paid, but they've also had to increase municipal taxes on houses. So there's more taxes being paid, obviously less money in people's uh, jeans at the end of the day. And you, you pile that on, to- on top of that, the fact that our properties are going down in value. Taxes are going up and our, our assets are actually going down in value. This, is, this isn't a scenario that can continue to sustain itself going forward. And these are things that I, I think you guys have to probably deal with on a daily basis with your clients on how we, uh, how we deal with this. So the first thing, of course, is that universal tax cut. Greg, I, I want to jump make- in there, if I can. Yeah. Just um, What we've heard on the campaign from pretty much all the leaders is ways they're going to be able to save people money on taxes or talk about the environment. What I have not heard, and maybe it's just me, um, is what are they doing to increase jobs, increase the, the longevity of people's income? And what I mean by that is we've got people over the age of 50 in this, in this province who are very scared of losing their jobs because of the the economic turndown in this province. And now they're saying, well, I'm in my peak earning years. If I lose my job, what's going to happen to my future? I don't want to depend on the government for for my my lifestyle in the future or for my, my needs in the future. So give me some sense of security. So I haven't heard it from any leader of what they're going to do to bring more jobs to specifically Alberta. We'll start there, but also for the entire country. And then what can they do to help this demographic to be feel more secure that their employment is there for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Well, good. Yeah. <clears throat> and pardon me, but 
this last four years has been brutal to the economy here in Alberta. And I look at it as a policy engineer downturn. We have a lack of pipelines getting our resource to, to market. And I think you guys know this pretty well. Yeah. Uh, we have curtailments in Alberta on our oil production. So there's uh, been a whole bunch of job layoffs, so job changes that have happened here. And, and say the reason our property values are going down is because there's less demand for property. And, and uh, you know, obviously resale values have suffered. The uh, people's ability to make a living in Calgary is suffering because of what's happened uh, in the oil and gas industry and has its spillovers across the rest of the economy. Once we get pipelines built in Alberta, uh, and that's environmentally more friendly than the alternative we're going through right now, and environmentally friendly for the world if we get more of our resource offshore as well. But I'm not going to dwell on that at this point in time because I don't think it's part of our conversation here today. But if you want to have that conversation, I'll have it at a future time. We need to get this pipeline built because it does represent an economy here that has built up over the years and has been has represented prosperity for Albertans and Canadians for about two decades now. So this policy engineered downturn of actually holding back pipeline development and getting our resource to market has really hurt this city. We need to fix that. And uh, we're committed to fi- fixing that and getting a, a path to progress on this very quickly so that pipelines will get uh, our resources to market. And that will be reflected in employment gains in Calgary and, uh, and obviously uh, resource revenues for the province in Alberta so we can continue to sustain our lifestyle going forward, which includes our health care. And I know that, uh, you know, we do have a good health care system here, but it's going to have to continue to sustain itself. We can't continue to run deficits the way we are right now because it's just going to lead to taxation down the road. Anybody that thinks you can run a $27 billion deficit today and not increase taxes tomorrow to pay the interest and the principal on that is living in dreamland. This is spending today that you're just going to have to pay back tomorrow. So those things are things that are on the horizon that need to be addressed right away. But back to your question about how we get employment back in Calgary and in Alberta and translate that to what it means across the country is step one, get a pipeline built. Step two, get another pipeline built and uh, and get our resources to market uh, offshore in particular because we do need to diversify our customer base for our main resource here. That will lead to prosperity in Calgary so people will continue to uh, make a good living here. Uh, you And we can talk about the last four years, how many people have been laid off in Alberta and the energy economy. Uh, it's been obscene. Uh, and as I say, it's a policy-directed downturn. The government has been obtuse to you know 180,000 jobs across the energy industry in Canada that are you know failing on their mortgages. You know they're getting divorced. Some you know drastic actions like uh, sort of suicides in this sector. These are things that you don't want as your outcomes uh, for a prosperous economy. So let's get back on track right away. Let's make sure that people have been trained to do what we do so well in Alberta. Get that chance to do it again. Step one. Uh, Greg, yeah, that's great. We've got maybe a minute or less here, and I, I'm just so let's summarize it um, through proper policy engineering, conservative policy engineering. Give us a sense of how how quickly we can reverse course and put people back to work here in Alberta. Yeah, the pipeline is going to take time to build. Let's let's accept that. There's going to be some construction jobs associated with the pipelines, but those are going to mostly be in BC. We have to get uh, you know that supply back online here, but we have to get an environment that works here for people again. And I've been told, you know, by you know, I work in the financial industry as well. Yep. Uh, you know, that people I know in the institutional part of the business have said that the the investment is ready to come in once they understand that there will be clarity of outcome of what the government is doing here uh, going forward. 
uh, you're not going to have people invest in this economy and start building things for the future so they get a return on it until they get that clarity. That clarity is not there right now. You've seen money flee Alberta by the tens of billions of dollars and flee Canada uh, over the last four years. Again, it's not something that we can sustain in this economy. And by the way, that's not just foreign money fleeing Alberta. That's also Canadian money. There's Canadian pension money that is looking for opportunities elsewhere because they don't see the opportunities in Canada. We've got to leave it there. It's a, it's a giant topic, um, but thank you very much. We know you're in the throes of the, you know, the last days here. We appreciate your time today, Greg. Well, guys, thank you very much. Appreciate we've been, it. We've been joined by Greg McLean, Conservative Party candidate, Calgary Centre. Um, my friend, we've, no matter what the political environment is, we've got people that are retiring for 30, 35, 40 years. Correct. And you've got to sustain a lifestyle through all the ups and downs of whatever it may bring, and we're going to talk about how to do that at our upcoming seminar. That's right. On uh, Tuesday... October 22nd, 7 p.m. at the Carriage House Inn, ironically, the day after the election. We're going to talk about what's the impact and what's the strategy you can use to bulletproof your retirement after this election. You need to reserve your seats, though. Give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. All right, don't forget to vote. Thanks for joining us for another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry. Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.